Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We're talking about drainage results as seen from Miles Farms. Got Matt Miles and Lane Miles, uh, McGee, Arkansas, in the flat delta region down there. And I've been there. And you know what? Not a lot of hills, a lot of flat ground, a lot of ground that's got a high water table. And you're like, wait a minute. You do drainage down here? And I was told, nope, not really a thing we do down here in this part of the world. So Matt Miles and Lane Miles are going to tell us about what they did when they put in drainage and the results are seeing. They've had two springs and one fall harvest on their trial of tiling ground. And from the sound of it, they're going to be putting more tile in the ground. All right. So we've talked about this before. You're kind of a, a little bit out there. Most of your neighbors don't do drainage tile. You said, let's give this a try. Tell us about the size of the field and what your uh, thoughts were heading into it. Yeah, well, it's a it's a 35-acre field. And, of course, we're always looking, even though something's not done in in, in a certain area or like our area, we're always looking what, it, what, what if it was. You know, take, for instance, you know, uh, an application of some type of, of fertility. You say, well, you know, that might not make, but what if it does? You know, and you so you don't know. So... We decided we partnered with ADS and come up with a, an idea of trying this. So this is something that's not done in the South. We are pretty much all surface drainage, you know, and the fields are precision leveled or close to precision level. So that, you know, the water comes off the surface, goes into a drainage ditch from that ditch to, you know, most time a canal from the canal to the Mississippi River. So it doesn't really look like there would be a need for drainage tile when you're already have you know, precision level land, but who knew or who knows? So uh, ADS asked me to pick out my worst field and, you know, that was had a, the most trouble draining and, and put a trial in to see what would happen. So that's how that's how this thing started. So 35 acres and they said worst field, meaning they didn't want to start off with the easy one. They want to start off with the one that had the most problems in terms of the water. You put it in there and it was done fall one and a half years ago. If you're listening to this episode, by the way, we're recording this at the end of April, 2023. So this stuff was installed autumn 21. Uh, they had their spring of 22 and let's go back there. What visible results. There's some people that try and say, well, if you're putting drainage tile on the ground, it's going to take a few years uh, for that thing to really start uh, doing its job. Did you think it took three years? Obviously, you're only a year and a half in. Did it start doing its job in the first year? To to a certain degree. I mean, we think it'll get better as we go, but we were able to get on the ground quicker. You know, we're probably a week to 10 days earlier than we would normally get on that that field. And some of the worst parts of the field that, you know, it's sharky clay. So, it's the type of soil, if it rains a, a half inch and you walk across the field, by the time you get 100 yards, your feet will be as big as a truck hood. That's the kind of ground that we're looking at, and it stays so 
you know, so wet. And so we've started seeing results. We started seeing results from the, from the beginning we started planting. Actually, we started seeing results in the, in the January of 22, when normally we would never be able to get on that field. And, and we were able to get on that field and get it tilled and get it back into shape to to put a crop on. So I remember in the extreme ag tech stream that you were talking about that. Though obviously things start a little sooner in your part of the world than they do in you know where Lee and Kelly are up in the, the upper Midwest. So you're it's not you would like to start doing some stuff in January in your part of the world, maybe getting on the ground doing some groundwork, whatever. And in that kind of field, on the kind of year you normally have with moisture, you're not normally in there. Lane was nodding his head. You've been farming for, uh, what, 10 years now with your old man. First time earliest in the field, earliest in that field, January, because it actually started working that quick? Yeah, and we were actually, we were in there whenever we planted those February beans last year, so it had been February the 18th. And like Dad said, 10 out of 10 years, you don't get on that field February the 18th. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we were we were in there field cultivating, land planting, just – you know, prepping the field, but because we had big, big levy mounds out there from from putting in the tile, and we were able to get those knocked down, get them, let them settle, and and prep the field. Do you think you said you think it's going to get better? Uh, what needs? To, well, it's interesting. What needs to get? Why does it need? Why is it not start working immediately? I mean, because I want to answer the the question that your neighbor has. Because, like you said, drainage tile is not something that's normally done in your part of the world. And they're saying, "Well, wait a minute. I've spent the money. I put it in. Why doesn't it start working immediately?" That's kind of a valid question. You know, it's the same thing. It's a piece of perforated plastic pipe. It's at what three feet deep or whatever your depth was. Why does it take a few years for it to get better? Well, and I don't know that it takes a few. They say three years for it to get to its full potential. And, and immediately we started seeing results. But <clears throat> when you put the drain tile in, especially on 20-foot centers like we did, like Lane said, you've got these big, they look like rice levies, you know. So you have to, you know, you're digging a 36-inch trench every 20 feet across the field. So basically, you know, you've got to let that ground kind of let nature get that ground back to its original state. Yep. And that's where they say the three years. So, you know, you're going to have some, some settling, yep. you know, settling issues, you know, you dig a hole and you fill it back up. You never have the dirt that you had when you, when you started. I thought you know? that, I thought you just had to dig it deeper then so you could get that dirt all back in the hole. Isn't that the trick? Well, but it, but you got the pipe laying there. So there's, there's several, it's just nature. Uh, I was throwing that out there for our buddy that we just decided as a millennial. You know what? That's the kind of stuff old person humor there, Lane. He used to say, wait a minute, all that dirt's not back in the hole. Go dig it again and dig it deeper this time. Anyway, it's it's just old-fashioned stuff right there. Hey, Laner, answer me this. Um, you're going to be farming presumably longer than Matt. Is there going to be more acres uh, five years from now that are drainage tile on Miles Farms than there are right now? Uh, you know, that's still to be determined. I mean, you know, cause it's, it is, it is a pretty expensive deal. And I mean, if it, if, if, if it works, I would say yes. And right now it looks like it's working. So, you know, you know, take that how you want to, but I mean, it, it, it does, it does look like it's going to be a pretty good deal. So when's the decision? Are you going to give it the three years? You give it five years. When do you make? When do you start? When do you start making decisions about whether to add more acres of drainage tile? Damien, I'm gonna be honest with you. Those are those are them them big dollar decisions. That's that's for that's for the big man. 
<laughs> you know, it's a big investment. Interest rates are high. The pipe's higher than it used to be. The installation's higher than it, it used to be. You know, we can't jump out of here after one year data, which we got a we got a ten bushel increase over the previous year that we had beans in there. Now, that was a five or six years ago. So, you know, when, when you see some of the data that we show and ADS shows, you know, it's a it's the the last time that we had it beans. Well, I think was might have been 2017, 15. Yeah. I can't 15. So, you know what the reason why it's been that long for several reasons: prevent plant be too yeah. wet. To, uh, rotate the corn, rotate the rice. So that's the next time we had beans, we got a 10 bushel increase. Okay, so here, here's the thing. The person that's listening to this is probably going to say, well, wait a minute, 10 bushels more, 15 bushel beans, that's 150 more dollars an acre. Um, you amortize that over, because I know on taxes, you can depreciate uh, and use the expense of tile for like, five years or something, I think at least is a long-term investment. So the point is a person saying, well, wait a minute, those numbers work, but you can't attribute that all to the drainage tile in fairness. From 2015 to 2022, that's seven years of you getting better at farming, seven years of seed and technology getting a little bit better. It, the United States of America soybean harvest average usually goes up by about eight tenths of a bushel per year. If you look at the, you know, the, the, the line. So the reality is in those seven years, you probably would have gotten five bushels better just from, just from us getting better at farming. Right. I think so. And, and I, everything you said is spot on as far as the, you know, what's happened with bean production. I'm a better soybean farmer by far than I was in 15. Where I think it's where I think it's making a difference here in the South, two two things. One, the earlier we plant, the better yield we get. Yeah, I mean that's been proven. If we, you know, that field normally would get planted in May, yeah. maybe middle May, and and we're able. We went in there this year and planted on March thirty first. Right. So you know we're picking up. We know we're we're going to pick up more yield this year than we did last year. So we're going to be able to compare last year against this year. We're, we're a little too soon to say. Hey, it's $150 an acre payback. Okay. Another thing, Sharky Clay will hold nutrients better than our sands. We make better yield on our sands because we can get in a field earlier. Yep. We can if we can take this Sharky Clay and it hold the nutrients in the root zone like we need it to and not leach them out. Yep. And and at the same time we plant our sands, I, I think there's big potential. Yeah. So the thing here, because again, it's it's not like a real trial like we do a lot of or labs like we do with our business partner, uh, AgroLiquid, we say, here's 40 acres. And on 20 of it, we're going to do exactly this. On the 20 right next to it, we're going to do this other thing. And then we can say it's a true trial. You're kind of comparing it to past years on that same field or the field across the road. So it's pretty much a trial, but it isn't an exact trial. But the hell of it is what you just said is the interesting part. You can compare it to stuff that's not even exactly the same, as well as compare it to stuff that's like the Sharky compared to a sand. And what you just said right there is, what if the advantage here is not just, it, it, it's the timing. It's that it allows you to get in there sooner. And that's the biggie. And all of a sudden, it puts it on the same, put on the same comparative and schedule as your sand. Yes, absolutely. And that's where we're making our better yields. Yeah. And the other part of it is now it doesn't, I'm guessing by the timing, 
now everything can be on the same schedule. I mean, that's one thing like, okay, while the guys are doing beans, it's time to plant all of them as opposed to now we got to put stuff away, switch to something else and then come back in two weeks when this property is that kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that on the one hand, it was probably okay because it spread out your labor. But the other thing is it also held up your schedule. It does. It does. It's way more efficient if we can get in those clay fields at the same timing. Right. Because for instance, where this field is, there's two sand fields and then, and then it. So we, in the past, we've always had to go in there and plant the sand fields, leave. You know, we may be 25 miles from there when it dries up you on a clay. Yeah. When it's dry, you better get there. Because if you go to lunch, it's going to be too dry when you get back. I mean, that's the way sharky clay is. It's, it's kind of your soul, so your soul that you have on your farm with a heavy clay content. So you can imagine what it's like. Yeah. I want to, uh, I want to talk about the numbers. I want to talk about the money because obviously we're here to help our farm listeners and members make money. And while we're speaking of money, I want to talk to you about this. Now more than ever, you've got to squeeze every penny's worth of available nutrients out of every acre you farm. Okay. We know inputs are obviously more expensive. We know the machinery costs more expensive labor. If you have labor, more expensive, everything. We got inflationary pressure. We've got price increases. So you need to get more out of every nickel you spend on your farm and on your inputs. Titan XC from Loveland Products improves nutrient availability, increases plant uptake, so you get the most from your dry fertilizer investment. Visit lovelandproducts.com to learn more. Speaking of money, um, okay, we just did the rough math there, 10 bushels more. But again, that's come going back from seven years ago, whatever. This year, the field is in corn. No, it's back in soybeans. The trial... Uh, and, and to preface what I said earlier, I could have planted that field in February when I planted my February beans. We didn't do that because we're wanting this trial to be normal farming operation. So most people are not stupid enough to go plant beans in February. So the trial needed to be planted at a, at a normal date. So, um, you know, that that's where we are on there. But I really think just in general that, I mean, we're doing a lot better job with this field than what it was if it wasn't tiled. Now, also something else we're doing for a test plot, you know, for the trial is we're planting this flat, like y'all plant in the Midwest. You know, we plant everything on raised beds. Well, if you raise that bed, then that tile is going to be another five or six inches from the from the base of the plant. So, the plant, yeah. And that gives us a chance to go into different row configurations, which Theoretically, 15-inch beans out yield 38-inch beans every day. So there's going to be some advantages there. But to this year and last year, we're planted just like we normally would to keep everything constant. Yeah, so here, here's the interesting part. So the person that's tuning in from Nebraska saying, what the hell are they talking about? Raised beds, uh, you know, it's not because you're growing potatoes. It's because of your irrigation, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so just kind of for the person that's tuning in for the first time, explain that real quickly. Elaine, you explain it. You've been sitting over there just kind of like hanging out. Raised beds. Why do I do them and how do I do them? So, you know, we're on raised beds due to, I would say, 90% of uh, irrigation. And, and we, we fur irrigate, which what that is is taking polytubing on what we call the upper end of our fields. And upper end is is our fields are all all level to fall from one end to the other that way whenever we do turn on our water you poke our holes in our polypipe and it starts running down the field so raised beds gives gives the water direction to be able to go down the field 
I kind of like it. If I come down there and work for you, I don't like I don't like poisonous snakes. I'm terrified of alligators and poisonous snakes, so I don't like that. But the one thing I want to do if I come and work for you guys, I want to be the dude that you give that stick with the little poker on it and walk down the hole and and whack that poly that poly pipe so that it shoots the water out. I think that'd be a cool job. You'll like that for the first two or three hours, but about three days in, you'll be you'll get tennis elbow. <laughs> one of the bad things is you actually get tennis elbow before the end of the year. But you interesting. You know, for guys like us, and Lane's not there yet because he's young. I remember when I was young and tough and played real sports, football and wrestling, and I heard people talk about tennis elbow. And I'm like, what kind of a wuss are you? Tennis elbow? And then when I was in my mid-late 30s, I uh, slung a chainsaw and a sledgehammer for about a week straight on a renovation on my house. And I tried to pick up a case of beer and I dropped it because it felt like someone had taken a knife and jabbed it through my elbow. And I went to the doctor and said, what the hell's happening? He said, you have tennis elbow. So you know, <laughs> paybacks are hell, as they say. I felt the same way, Damon, to be honest with you. I always thought that tennis elbow was for wusses, but but you can get it from several different ways. <laughs> By the way, it's tendonitis. And and when, if you have it from overuse, uh, it does feel like uh, sometimes you feel like you get stabbed in your elbow. All right. So you didn't do raised beds on this field because of of the drainage thing. Did you have to change your planter setup because now you're farming like uh, like guys in the Midwest? No, we didn't. We want to. Once we get the trial over with and we want to go to narrow, narrow row beans yeah. and because I think we can increase yield. But as far as Right now for the trial, we're doing everything exactly like we would do it if it was furrow irrigated with raised beds. We just don't have the raised beds, which is almost unheard of on flat clay ground to plant without a raised bed. I mean, it, it and, and that's where it's impressive too. You know, we're still in this thing new, but being able to, to plant that flat and with the floods we had on it this year, it was, it was amazing what it done. So here's the next question, Lane. If you're not doing raised beds on this field, can you still irrigate? Well, that's part of the trial. Uh, so one cool thing that we're trying is, so, you know, tile is designed to to take water off the field subsurface, right? Yep. Now, with, with this trial, we're going to try to actually pump water through the tile and subsurface irrigate, trying to push water from the bottom up. So, by the way, I think that's the future. I think that's absolutely the future. It, when it's when it's workable, I think that's absolutely the future. Now, instead of having a bunch of different stuff in the ground, you got one pipe in the ground and you use it both ways. Is that the future? That's hopefully. Well, yeah, and if that works, if we can make that work, that's going to be a big deal. And when you ask how many acres of tile we'll have in the future, yeah. you're a third less water right off the bat. Yeah. And we're having to use a, a actually drilled well, you know, on this field. we got so many places we can catch runoff. Yeah. and re-pump that back on at a slow amount and a third of the water usage and water from the bottom up instead of from the top down. Water from the bottom up is more efficient usage of the water, first off, and also it puts it where it needs to be. Am I right? Yeah, yeah you and, have control where you're putting your water. Well, and also will it give us the opportunity to no-till. You know, we can't, we, we're hindered on no-till with raised beds and with fur irrigation because we got to get that water from one side of the field to the other you know, one end of the field, the other. So no-till is very tricky for us. Yep. If we can ever get in these situations, then no-till would be very easy for us. We'd be farming like the Midwest. So interesting thing about the concept here, Lane, on your trial of using it, obviously, to get water away during the winter, wet winter, so you can actually get in there and farm it in the spring. When do you think then 
well, when did you last year start putting water back through on uh, reversing it? When, when does that happen? June? Uh, yeah. So we were actually probably a little bit late on that, which is, you know, you, you, you live and you learn, but, uh, probably about what we come up with about 30 days before we thought we really need water is when we need to start trying to pump that profile back up. So, you know, we're, we were steady last year, you know, taking water off the whole time, just yeah. passing it off as much as we can get off. And we start laying polypipe everywhere else. And we're like, okay, we're going to start, start watering beans. Well, we turn our well on and come back and a day later, nothing's happened. Yeah. Two days later, nothing's happened. Long story short, by the time we got our profile pumped back up, irrigation season was almost over. We, we basically had a, and that's another thing impressive about the 10 bushel. We basically had a dry land field. In one, one of the in one of the driest years we've had, and it's still out yielded before. So, and like Lane said, ATS wasn't sure we wasn't either. It's it's a it's a trial and error deal, and this year we'll start pumping that profile up. We had to put profile completely gone so the roots yeah. could get deeper, yeah. and we'll start thirty days earlier building that profile. So, and and it may end up being a combination to where, you know, where it takes twenty four hours to irrigate a setting for irrigation with the tile, with the, with the, uh, subsurface irrigation, we may can do that in eight hours because even if we have to go back to fur irrigation, we're still going to cut the time because we've got the soil fro profile built up through the tile. Interesting by the way, because, you know, we're talking about stuff that's not even done in your part of the world. Irrigation, certainly as, as you said, it's usually furrow irrigation. Now you're talking about drainage tile, which is not typically done and then you're talking about using it also to bring in water and it also can change your farming system and get away from uh raised beds which i'm thinking you've got to put you got to install the beds and you got to have the equipment and you think that you're going to have one less trip a little bit less manpower and more importantly you think you'll get better yields because like you said soybeans on 15 inch rows versus the way they are right now so there's a big benefit to that yes yes we actually no-till the field this year yeah uh, we did a light tillage on it last year just because it had a little bit of settling issues. Yeah. If we hadn't had to do that because of the settling from previous, yeah. you put the pipe in, it was 100% no-till. So we had one trip. We had we had a burn down, and then we planted it. That's it. And yeah. using that field there, the clay fields, we have to make small trips of light tillage because the ground gets so clotty. And so we may go over that field four or five times and then plant it. And this year we planted it. So the uh, the other part of this, uh, Elaine, you can chime in here on this. You talked about, you know, learning and it's a learning curve about using it. Not only get rid of the water so you can get on the field and, and you know, obviously you've got all your winter moisture, but then using that moisture when you need it. You missed out because you didn't realize things were as dry as they were. So your lesson is probably 30 days sooner than you did, you should have been putting water in there to build up that profile. Uh, was that just a mistake or was there a, was there a physical or mechanical reason why you couldn't? Uh, it was, it was just a mistake. Like, kind of like we said earlier, I mean, it, it, nobody knew that it should have took 30 days. Yeah. Uh, you know, by the time we, we started doing it, we waited a couple of weeks and, and, all of us trying to figure it up I and mean, we kind of did the math on what we're putting in and what, what it would take per acre to bring it up. Yeah. You know, we had it come up to be about 30 days. Bonehead move by us and ADS wants to take the, 
the blame for it, but it wasn't just them. We should have had enough common sense to know we should have started that earlier. Well, it makes you think now, you know, they got, they got soil moisture uh, testers. Uh, typically, we don't put them down two or three feet, but you could, right? Oh, yeah. We've got them at, what, six, not six, uh, three. 18, 12, and six. Yeah, 18, 12, and six. And after this debacle, yeah, like, like we put 34 of them in a, a 36 of them in a 34 acre field. Okay. And we had to pull all those up to plant. So we got to put them back out there again, but we will, we're going, we'll, we're in a lot better position this year than we have been, but that's what a trial is. Yeah, it's a trial. You're learning on this and that's the important part. And the other thing is if it's a hundred degrees, which it gets that way in your part of the world, cause I've been there. Uh, does it bring the water up faster? You know, like we talk about uh, by August in my part of the world, that you're relying on that subsoil moisture and people don't understand, well, how's that coming up there? Well, it's coming up because that's part of the hydrologic cycle. And there's, there's, you know, you got the hot, warm day, bringing that moisture up from two feet. Do you think that maybe you could have just pushed water fast, harder, faster since you were playing catch up and it would have gotten to the surface? I mean, a hundred degree day, wouldn't that be just trying to come to the top? I don't know. Well, on clay like that, I mean, literally during that time of year when it's hundred degrees, you can take a ratchet wrench or a ratchet and drop it in the crack and never see it again. <laughs> so that ground cracks into, into probably they're usually about three inches wide. Yeah. They'll be at least two foot deep, maybe three foot deep is it, with the clay. That's what the clay does. It cracks and then it seals back up. So it don't quite work like the Midwestern soil where you get the, we don't have subsoil moisture right. uh, to speak of hardly any work. In our area, you're always two weeks from a drought. It can rain 10 inches today, and in two weeks... Still be a drought. We need a rain. I mean, it, it's crazy, but that's the way it is. All right, let's talk about the money part of it, because the person that's wondering, you know, especially where it's not commonly done, we just answered there's a whole lot of benefit. You get on the field sooner. Uh, it spaces out your timing and your ability to be efficient with the rest of your operational, uh, you know, processes planting there, et cetera. Uh, we talked about 10 bushel bump and we qualified, you know, we, we qualified that with an asterisk. Uh, we talked about uh, the ability to use it as then irrigation. There's a whole bunch of benefits. Are there any negatives? And then we'll talk about the money. Well, the, the negative is going to be it's expensive. I mean, you know, it, it, and everything's more expensive now. So, but I mean, they've got data to show the ROI somewhere around seven years. Uh, this time next year, we'll have so much better information because a lot of the mistakes we made last year and a lot of the ground having to kind of get, get itself back acclimated to, you know, to being dug up, uh, will, will, will show us some stuff, but I know enough about that field. I've been farming it for 25 years. Yeah. I know enough about what I made in 15 to know that, that I see some really good benefits here and some of them we won't be able to capture yet because we're still in the trial phase. So when when ADF says, okay, we're through with the trial phase, I'm gonna go to 15 inch beans. You know, and the cool thing is if we yeah. can get this subsurface to work correctly, just think about rice. So no levees, you know. Well, first off, that, that's a big I hadn't thought about. And most people don't know about rice. Remember Arkansas is the number one rice producing state and I'd never been in a rice field in my life until I was in yours. So. Uh, and, and, and most, by the way, if you've never heard Matt Miles on one of these cutting the curve podcasts, talk about it. I learned rice does not have to be flooded. It was just done for weed control. 
Not any person I've ever asked outside of rice country knows that, by the way. Yeah. Um, you're saying that now on rice, you'll still probably drill it, plant it by, by drill, and then you could avoid the levees, which you don't care about the levees. If you, if you deconstruct them, it's more than that you don't have to farm around them, I'm guessing, right? Well, you put them up, take them down every year, which is in that 35 acres, there's 18 of them. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it messes your ground up. You got to come back to a lot of tillage to get it smooth back down. Uh, and, and water usage. So if we can do, if we can subservice and grow rice, it's going to be an absolute game changer, but we've so, got to get the irrigation piece down. Right. Yeah. Subsurface and grow rice. Cause it does, it does, it does require more water. Doesn't it? Yes. Well, rice doesn't incur. Yes. It, it incurs more water. The subsurface is going to be a, a major player if this works. Okay. So you get rid of the levees. You don't have to go out and construct them. Also to farm around them. Don't have, I mean, so you're actually gaining some acres just because of that. It's yeah. actually like growing wheat. I mean, you know, we'll go out there and plant it with a drill and, and there's no levees, there's no shoveling, there's no, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, if it, if it works and will but see what it's got to do on the rice is it's got to keep the ground muddy, muddy. So, so to, to keep the ground sealed off where I was talking about the cracks, you get cracks, you get weeds. So, you know, if we can keep that ground, what I call mucky, the word mm -hmm. sticky your feet and it's not cracking if we do that with subsurface irrigation then it keeps our chemicals activated and everything will be right when we do that dad then we keep that mucky ground when david comes to do stuff we'll just send him across the field see if he can make it back yeah that'd be good exercise and also have try and un, unpin some alligators and some cotton mouse and have them chasing after me um other things there's a whole bunch of benefits the the one thing is there's a cost to it I don't know. I mean, you're, this is a trial, so you don't know. I asked somebody in my part of the world, they told me I should count on $1,500 an acre. Does that seem like a reasonable number? Yeah, that's going to be a reasonable number. You know, depend, every field is going to be different. Some fields, see, we have to have the lift station because our drainage ditches are not as deep as the tile is. So right. we're actually pumping that out into our yeah. drainage ditch. But, you know, there's some areas, you know, in the Midwest where the ditches are way deeper than the... Yeah, right. So it just depends on the field, but that's a good roundabout number, I would think. Yeah. And so then you start running the numbers and you'd say, well, what's my payoff time frame on that? And, and the key is, Damon, if we can get government assistance, you know, we're not only we're saving water, we're we're having less runoff, yeah. you know, there's less topsoil coming off. Uh -huh. Think of all the environmental sustainability things that that tile uh promotes. So and, and I think there's assistance in the Midwest, but in the, in the Delta, there's not because nobody puts down tiles. So if we can ever get, you know, the government to come in here and help us with this, like like they do in other areas and they help us with other things, uh, definitely will be a game changer. Yeah. And so the, uh, the, the, the pulling the trigger on whether to do it more, this will be the big year. It seems like the drainage was immediate, uh, immediately apparent, the benefits. The, the using it as subsurface irrigation, you're going to, you've learned, you're going to do a better job of it this year. And then what's the next thing? What happens in crop year 2024 uh, with this, that you just, just get more, more dialed in on both things or what? If, if the, if the subsurface irrigation piece will work like we hope, then we're going to, we'll try rice. Um, if it, you know it, so that's going to be a big deal. And then we'll start changing our row configurations and no-till and cover crops and things that we can't do. We're limited doing 
yeah. because we have this tile. And and to kind of sum this up, you know, we planned that field March the 31st. We got six or seven inches of rain in a couple of days. Right. Field went underwater for 60 hours. And I sat down there and watched the pump, and it would come on, pump the tile out. Now, it was backwater, so there's nothing you can do about backwater, okay? But I just knew the field was lost. You know, there was no way that those beans could survive. So how long were they in the ground before the seven inches came? Uh, they were probably in the ground four or five days before it came. So they hadn't, they had, had, Lane, was there emergence? No, no, no. There was no emergence on those soybeans. And then you got seven inches of rain. And why, by the way, you said backwater to somebody that doesn't know what that means. What's that mean? That means water that's actually coming down the canal that can't get down the canal fast enough. So it goes to least resistance, you know, like flooding a river. Uh, you know, you have the backwater from a river. It's the same scenario. And that water is going to go to least resistance, which that's one of my sorriest fields, so therefore it's one of my lowest fields. Yeah, so but, it just it's it's all drainage drainage water that can't has nowhere to go, so it backs up onto your field. It was underwater for sixty hours, so you're talking about okay, two and a half days. This this is sunk. These these soybeans are not going to emerge, and this field is going to need to be planted after this all goes away. That was your thought, exactly. And, and it had it had we planted one hundred fifty thousand, which is high population because it's a risky field. I would do tile or no tile, and we got 135,000 average stand after it had been underwater 60 hours. It's almost unheard of. And it was flat. So in any other situation in the world, that would have never worked. Now, my son-in-law has the field across the road with no tile, and he got a stand too, but he had raised beds, and he got about half the population up that we did. So, yeah. so I was kind of, when his came up, mine came up, I'm like, well, is the tile really working? But then when we done the population counts and then he had a little bit maybe that he had to, you know, go back and address and he was on a raised bed and we were flat. All those are advantages to what we done. Hundred and so you you lost you had ninety percent emergence. Ninety percent emergence uh after after sitting underwater literally for two and a half days. And so uh the tile the tile helped. And if this had been raised bed though, would you 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 the water would have gotten away from the plants a little quicker, right? Would have got away from the plants a little quicker, but I don't think without the tile, we'd have probably been looking at about 65 or 70,000 population at best. Got it. Which would almost merit a replant. Yes. Yeah. You'd, you'd have been, if you kept it, you would have been, you're on the risk side of being too low. Yeah. All right. Get me out of here, Lane. What do I need to know? Uh, I mean, we just got to keep our eyes open on, on what's going to happen next. I mean, is it going to is it going to continue to work like we think it is, and and how much better can we do on this irrigation? Are you already mapping out where the next field's going to be if you if you're going to pull the trigger on putting more tile in? Yep. By the way, twenty foot on center to the person that's brand new to this, it means twenty foot and it, kind of a grid pattern. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a grid pattern, and then the size diameter of drainage tile on those twenty foot is it like the minimum, which is what four inch? It's three inch. Isn't it? Three inch. It's three inch, and then the main line is is it's neck down for the irrigation piece, so it starts out at eight, maybe ten, then goes to eight and then six. There's three zones in there, and it and it necks down with a, with a valve, a water over hydraulic valve to. <laughs> actually stop the water when we're trying to irrigate got it so three inches three inches on the 20 foot centers and then it goes into the stuff it feeds into is a six inch and then when it gets to where the it's like a piece of duct work i guess to a person that doesn't 
doesn't understand drainage tile. It's about like a piece of ductwork getting to a building, right? It starts out bigger and keeps getting littler and all that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Except for it's backwards. Ductwork goes from bigger to smaller, and it goes just the other way from drainage tile because you're handling uh, increasing volumes of water. All right. I think it's cool. ADS is the company that is one of our business partners that's doing this. Uh, Chad Henderson has a big drainage uh, uh, project that he did, and we've talked about that in like four different episodes. If you're interested in more about drainage tile, I'm going to be with the Miles guys and Chad Henderson in May at his field day. The field day is May 10th. Uh, I got that right, don't I? May May 11th, I'm sorry, in Alabama. And we're going to be there and we're going to be talking about drainage, among other things. So if you want to learn more about this, stay tuned. And uh, we appreciate it. If you are listening to this and you're not a member, I'm going to tell you about a great investment you can make. We just got huge accolades from somebody that said, I really like this group because they're so open with the information. It's 750 bucks a year, 750 bucks a year. Just think about it. If you're only farm 750 acres, that's a buck an acre. You probably farm more than that. You'll get access to people like Matt and Lane Miles. You'll be able to watch our monthly webinars, which happen every month, first Thursday of the month, where we cover topics and let you interact and ask questions that can improve and up your farming game extremeag.farm share this with someone that can benefit from it stay tuned for more great information and if you could up your game with 750 bucks a year and you're not a member i encourage you to do so till next time lane miles and matt miles they can't see you holding your thumb up lane it's a it's an audio thank podcast thank you yeah you're supposed to say thanks i've i've enjoyed this damien it's, it's a brilliant conversation as always right lane Fantastic conversation, Damien. I really appreciate you having us on today. I appreciate you being available. All right, till next time, I'm Dave Mason. This is Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out extremeag.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems the leader in agriculture water management solutions.